Welcome to the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast, where we will take your faith and the powerful Word of God and make them as practical and relevant to your job, home, and hobbies as your favorite pair of blue jeans are on a Saturday. And this is Episode 7 in our series, How to Improve Your Job, where we are discussing biblical principles and actual scripture passages that tell us how to improve our job. And in this episode, we will take a look at the last verse from our Ephesians 6 passage, where Paul is talking about how to work as if working for the Lord. And I have kind of put a little twist on it, how to improve your job and how to stand out amongst a crowd of worldly people, if I can use that term, (laughs) and uh, be noticed like light in a dark room for Christ. But you know what? This one is actually easy. We've done six so far, and they've been probably pretty intense to a lot of folks. But this one will be easy, and actually isn't anything you'll have to do, sort of. When reading or teaching Bible passages, the rule of thumb is to go where the text leads. Even if you scratch your head and wonder if it really says what it says. Well, this time we've come to a verse that is one of those instances, and I'm really glad that it actually means what it says. Last time we talked about verse 7, which says, With goodwill doing service as to the Lord, and not to men. And then right after that, verse 8 says, Knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is slave or free. Any amount of goodwill you do toward your boss or co-workers, even vendors and customers, the Lord will give back to you. Say, what? (laughs) Again, this is referring to just before it where it talks about doing goodwill. And as we talked about last time, goodwill means three separate things. Being friendly, helpful, and cooperative. God promises to be those three back to you if you do all three to your boss, co-workers, customers, and vendors. I wonder if I could shorten that up somehow. BCVC? Does that work? See, the Holy Spirit through Paul says, whatever good anyone does, and here's the promise, he will receive the same from the Lord. It is directly related to what good you do. If you're friendly to BCVC, God will be friendly to you when you work like a good and trusted friend. If you're helpful, God will be helpful to you when you work. If you're cooperative, God will be cooperative with you, working with you and helping you along the way. I think each day. And I don't think it's limited to just those three. The passage says, whatever good. So do good two and four, your BCVC, (laughs) and the Lord will make sure you get the same in return. So do all eight that we've covered from this Ephesians 6 passage in the last six or so episodes of the Blue Jeans Christian Podcast and see if he actually does return those to you. I have faith that he will. I hope you will too. Let's cover those eight real quick, just as kind of a a review. First one is bondservant, which means loyal for life. 
to your boss and your company, at least until God has something better for you. Obedient. This may mean God answers your prayers, but certainly he will be obedient to his word. Only proper pride. When you don't have the sinful kind of pride, but are humble and still strong, remember? But give God the glory. He will honor your efforts. And I just mentioned humble, so that's another one. God will treat you as one of his children and heir to his riches. Not a lowly servant. The next one is faithful. God will be faithful to you as you see in his word. Sincerity of heart. God will be sincere to you. And remember that word sincerity also means singleness, as in single focus, and integrity. God's integrity and character will be evident to you. And, of course, goodwill. God will be kind, friendly, helpful, and cooperative to you. God makes a lot of promises in His Word, the Bible, and we would do well to remind ourselves of them, especially when our job is hard and not going well. This promise here can sure give us some hope and assurance that He is involved. So trust Him. He wants you to. And he loves to show you how he loves you. Psalm 37.3 says we are to feed on his faithfulness. Has God proven to be faithful to you in the past? I'm sure you can come up with many ways where he has answered your prayers or kept you out of a bad situation or proven his love and faithfulness to you somehow. Remember those times and events. The psalm says to feed on those. So feed on those memories of God's faithfulness. Draw nourishment and strength from them. Remember, God is the same yesterday as today as he will be tomorrow. So how he was faithful to you in the past, he will be to you in the future. Oh, and remember to thank him. Deuteronomy 8, 11 through 20 says, God gives you the power to get wealth But do not forget to be thankful. Verse 11 actually says, Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes. So just saying you are thankful is one thing. But keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, that's a way of showing your thankfulness. Now I know those three things are... A lot, of, a lot of religious words that probably just went right over your head. <laughs> but what does it mean, keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes? Well, I just like to say reading and doing his word. So I would suggest spending 15 or 20 minutes in the morning, maybe while you're eating breakfast, because I like to multitask. <laughs> Read things like, oh, how about the last three chapters of Ephesians? You don't have to read it all at once, but pick a paragraph and really read it and study it. And if you have a good study Bible, like a MacArthur study Bible, you can look down below where his comments are to help you understand the things. I also like to read Psalms. They're wonderful for workers and people who need encouragement as they start their day and head off to work. 
back to our topic at hand, which is receiving goodwill. And it's probably time for a story. (laughs) I live real close to the Bridger Mountains in Montana, where a lot of snow falls during the nine months of winter we have. (laughs) Yeah, it's nine months of winter and three months of road construction. (laughs) So my driveway has to be plowed or shoveled almost every day so you can get home from work or go to work or even go to the store. I've spent countless hours on my ATV that has a small plow in the front, and my cold weather gloves permanently fit the snow shovel handle, (laughs) right? And our neighborhood has some elderly people, and also one of our neighbors, the, the husband, sometimes leaves town for several days, maybe even a week at a time. So not only do I do mine, but I occasionally do one or more of theirs, too. Because that's how you do goodwill. One snowy day, I got very sick. And I was I was at work, and I needed to stop by the pharmacy and pick up some cold medicine and run a few other errands before I headed home. And I absolutely dreaded getting home that late and having to plow and, and shovel snow, even just to get up the driveway into my home. However, when I drove near my house, I quickly noticed something wasn't what I expected. Snow, and lots of it, were piled up alongside of my driveway, not in my driveway. Yeah, someone had come and plowed, and even used a backdrag plow to get real close to the garage doors and do a nice, clean, and professional job. In fact, it even looked like the job of a professional. See, after years of doing goodwill for others, when I needed to receive goodwill, I got some. From a friend at work. His name's Dan. God is good, and Dan was used by God to fulfill one of his promises. This promise that we're talking about here in this Ephesians 6 passage. That if you do goodwill, you will also receive goodwill. Thank you, Dan, for teaching me that passage. Thank you, God, for honoring your promises. And I'm sure that same God will honor his promises to you, too, if you do goodwill. Oh, and remember to thank them, and thank God, too. So I'm going to ask you a question. What's the culture like at your place of employment? What's the environment like? Is it toxic? Is it destructive? Are people grouchy? Do a lot of people have a poor me attitude? Is it a us versus them mentality? You know, where the managers are at odds against people who are working? Shop versus the office kind of a thing? What part of that culture do you perpetuate or are a part of? Do you want that culture to change? Do you want it to be more upbeat? Maybe a happier place to work? Maybe a place where people help each other instead of bite each other? What kind of an environment at your place of employment would you like there to be? What changes would you like to see happen there? You're probably getting where I'm going. You're picking up what I'm laying down. (laughs) You can be the instigator to the culture that you want. 
And you do that by doing goodwill, by being friendly and helpful and cooperative. I am reminded of a passage in Ezekiel 11, I think it's verse 19 and 20, that says, this is God talking, he says, I will give them a singleness of heart. Remember when I talked about that a few podcasts back in the fourth episode in this series on how to improve your job? By being faithful and having single-mindedness. It says, I will give them a singleness of heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove their heart of stone and stubbornness and give them a tender, responsive heart so that they may follow my statutes and keep my ordinances and practice them. Then they will be my people, and I will be their God. Folks, he's talking to you too. When you read his word in the morning, and then do his word, when you do these things from this Ephesians 6 passage, all of these things we've been talking about in the past half a dozen or more podcasts, God will give you a tender heart, a responsive heart. And he will be your God, and you will be his worker there, his representative at your company, his liaison at your company. Doesn't that sound awesome? Doesn't that sound like a noble calling to be his representative at the company you work for? And when you are his representative there, He will help you to do a good job there. God will help you to improve your job and be a good representative there. His employees are fantastic. And you can be his employee there at your job. And don't try and come up with excuses as to why he can't use you or why you can't be his employee at your job. Even if you have some imperfections or a past that's not very good, I mean, look at the scriptures, guys and gals that God used greatly. Jacob was a cheater. Peter denied Christ three times. David had an affair and then had the lady's husband killed. Noah got drunk. Jonah ran from God. Paul was a murderer. Gideon was insecure. Miriam was a gossip. Martha was a worrier. Thomas was a doubter. (laughs) Sarah was impatient. Elijah was moody. Moses evidently stuttered. Zacchaeus was short. And Abraham was old. And Lazarus was dead. (laughs) So no excuses, all right? And you'll have fun there, too. Your job will improve and you will have fun because you're working for God and his riches and his power are at your disposal if you use them. And studying this Ephesians passage has all of those tools. We just talked about them in the past several podcasts. When Jesus promised that your life would be full and enjoyable In John 10.10, he was serious. And yes, you can have a good time at work. Yeah, work is work, but you can make the best of it, and it will be enjoyable. 
You see, happiness and joy are two different things. They're somewhat related, but they're two different things. We can always have an underlying thread of joy, the joy that comes from Christ and that we get to spend eternity with him. But happiness, that comes and goes. You know, I can be happy when the Broncos win and not happy when they lose. Or some people may be happy when the Broncos lose and not happy when they win. (laughs) See, it can come and go. But there's this always underlying thread of joy. And people need to notice that in you. So when you have that underlying thread of joy and then use these tools that we've learned from the past several podcasts, and you will actually look forward to Monday mornings when you can go serve him and have fun doing your job. Having fun means having a joyous heart and a joyous attitude all the time. You know, it starts and ends with your attitude. And having a joyous attitude is what we're supposed to have as Christians, even when we're being humble. And that sometimes includes having fun. Sometimes it doesn't, because I know some of the jobs are not fun. But we can still have the joyous attitude throughout it all. I know it's hard to tell a story about being humble and maintaining humility telling it, but instead, and possibly still attempting to tell a humility story, (laughs) I will tell you about gopher fishing. It takes an incredibly humble person and focused and dedicated to your job with an underlying thread of joy to be a gopher fisherman. Humility and humor must go hand in hand, and it takes one to do the other. So, a nice spring or summer day, I would gather my eight-weight fly fishing rod, my tackle box filled with snacks and drinks, put on my best prestigious sport coat and tie befitting of this noble yet humbling endeavor, and head out to my somewhat secret gopher fishing hole out on the Wyoming prairie. My favorite spot has about a dozen or so prairie dog or gopher holes, and is right next to a somewhat busy two-lane road, perfect for stroking my humility. I set up right next to the edge of the pavement and string my fly line out along the ground, tie a loop in the end of the rubbery but strong fly line, and place that noose around a good-sized gopher hole. And I sit right down, because humility doesn't need to stand to gain attention. I lift the end of my pole in the air and commence to go for fishing. To a hunter, it's not the kill, but the thrill of the chase. To a fisherman, it's not catching the fish, but the strategy and the proper choice of bait. To the gopher fisherman, it's not about catching the gopher. It's about those driving by the road and inquire about what you're doing. You see, most gophers will poke out of their holes about halfway and look around prior to venturing further. When one pops partway out of the hole I have encircled with my fly line, I give the pole a yank to set the noose and begin reeling him in with all intention and fervor as I jump to my feet. If done correctly, according to proper gopher fishing etiquette, I've yanked the little guy away from his hole, 
from whence he has begun scrambling around to my immense enjoyment, and at times jumping into the air to my shrills of woohoo, and I've got a big one. After a few minutes of this pure joy and thrill, the gopher becomes exhausted. Now, practicing proper animal rights attention and care for the environment, I reel my line all the way in and pick up the tired but alive gopher, untie the loop, pet him lovingly, and gently place him back in his hole. You see, gopher fishing is a catch-and-release sport. As much fun as that is, the biggest thrill comes when sitting by the road with my line strung out and encircling the gopher hole with my pole poked on the air, and a car drives by. Nearly the same thing happens with every passerby. The car stops, backs up a little, but not all the way to me, then drives forward as if to commence traveling on their way, assuming they've seen a mirage. But suddenly they stop, and they back up all the way, right beside me. The window rolls down, and a polite voice asks, Excuse me, sir. May I ask what you're doing? Fishing, I reply. To which they respond, Oh, and start to drive off. But after driving only a few feet, they stop abruptly and say out the window a little louder, Fishing for what? Gophers, I say. And follow rather abruptly with, Go away. You're scaring them. What follows next is always fascinating. And they say, Sorry to bother you, and drive off. There's always one more comment meant by God alone to maintain my humility. An improper personal comment, unbefitting for such an enjoyable and prestigious endeavor. I shrug off the comment, straighten my tie, and focus back to the task at hand. In our next episode, next Tuesday... I'll talk about the two things that every good employee does every morning. So in the meantime, could you please tell someone about this podcast and maybe help them get it on their phone and subscribe to it? And also, can you leave a review on iTunes? Those help other people find the podcast because it gets ranked higher and therefore more people will have an improvement in their job. Thank you for doing that. And thank you for listening. See you later.